Is this box office bomb actually a forgotten classic? Today I'm talking about Alex Cox's Walker. This is Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Hello, movie friends. Welcome to Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. I am Scott, and today I am talking about a movie called Walker from 1987. Uh, It's directed by Alex Cox and starring Ed Harris, and it's a movie that somewhat uh, it bombed when it first came out and has now gotten kind of a critical reappraisal. Uh, It's a very divisive movie um, from what I can tell, but it really resonated with me, I think possibly just because of the themes and its approach, and the director is is a guy behind uh, Repo Man and Sid and Nancy, so both two well-received film, so yeah, I thought this one was pretty interesting. So without further ado, let's get started. There are a lot of reasons movies don't connect with critics or an audience upon initial release. Sometimes it's a marketing flub. Other times it's heavy competition at the box office. Maybe the movie was ahead of its time and needed time to find its ideal audience or be rediscovered by a new generation of film enthusiasts and critics. And sometimes your timing is shit. Like, say, making a sarcastic-as-hell movie about the inherent stupidity of Manifest Destiny, jingoistic fervor, and American imperialism in the middle of Ronald Reagan's presidency. That's exactly what Repo Man director Alex Cox did in 1987 with the movie Walker. And the movie was lambasted by critics and tanked at the box office, installed Cox's Hollywood career, but now... Well, now this movie is in the Criterion Collection, and I'd say now's a perfect time for this movie to get rediscovered. Taking place in the mid-19th century, Ed Harris stars as William Walker, a soldier of fortune whose recent attempts to incite an arms insurrection in Mexico ended in disaster. But despite a trial that barely goes his way, Walker remains faithful to the idea of Manifest Destiny and takes up a call to invade Nicaragua and bumbles his way into a dictatorship in his own image. So I get why this movie didn't hit in its era, and honestly probably wouldn't hit particularly hard with a certain kind of audience now. We're looking at an over-the-top genre hybrid satire that may as well be an episode of Drunk History made into a feature film. That's also why it's awesome. So here's the sticking points and why I actually think they're in the movie's favor. So sticking point number one is a bitter sarcasm. Walker is best imagined as a movie-long parody of the loving historical epics and biopics of famous Americans. Imagine if someone made a sarcastic version of The Patriot, where Mel Gibson's character was an incompetent tool who bumbled his ways to success and was blissfully ignorant of his own faults. From the second we meet William Walker, it is clear that he is not what he thinks he is. Despite carrying himself like a legend of the West, defined by his jet black and silver lined attire amidst his band of dirtied soldiers, he has no understanding of military tactics, doesn't seem particularly helpful in a fight, and seems buoyed by his belief in himself more than anything else. Which makes it all the more frustrating when the American public seems to love him and acquits him of a war crime at the beginning of the movie. That's our starting point, and it only gets wilder from there. And if you're not on board now, you never will be. When Walker invades a small town he knows to be well defended, for instance, he insists on charging straight through, regardless of the damage that his allies will face. The skirmish that follows features tons of slow-motion imagery of carnage all around as Walker, still in his prim and proper clothes, strolls through like he's getting groceries and even starts playing on a piano. 
Even his romantic moments are undercut by him, I kid you not, crying like a little kid after he sullied himself by having sex. This is also the perfect use of Ed Harris, because Harris is very good at being the straight man, especially when everyone around him begging and pleading with him to do the exact opposite of what he's doing. He just looks straightforward. And yes, the notion of a highly incompetent man becoming the leader of a country via shady means and nationalistic fervor, and the backing of some industrialists, hits home right about now. So let's get to sticking point number two, anachronisms. So first things first, what is an anachronism? Loosely defined, an anachronism is a chronological inconsistency in a piece of media or art. Some of the best examples are things like are things like that time someone left a Starbucks coffee cup in the shot for Game of Thrones. It obviously doesn't belong there. It doesn't belong in this time or place. Of course, there are two kinds of anachronisms, unintentional, like the one I just mentioned, or intentional, which director Alex Cox is definitely aiming for. While they start with small things like Zippo lighters and Coke cans appearing in the background, eventually the movie is overrun with these elements, including automatic rifles, helicopters, and more. So why would a director do this? To highlight the absurdity? Yes, but there's a more pointed re reason. Highlight a parallel. See, this movie was filmed in Nicaragua during the Contra War. You know, the whole shady arms deal thing where the entire Reagan administration should have gone to jail for funding <laughs> where when the U.S. funded right-wing revolutionaries even after Congress explicitly passed laws saying they couldn't? Much how Walker, at least in the film, is sent down by Cornelius Vanderbilt in violation of the Neutrality Act, again, to secure shipping routes. Hell, the poster for Walker said, before Rambo, before Oliver North. The point being, this is the same stupid shit, just at a different date. Now, that's a, that's a message of broad... That's a message a broad swath of Americans... That's not a message, sorry, that a broad swath of Americans want to hear. I think a lot of Americans fail to challenge the idea of American imperialism, whether it was Manifest Destiny or the fights against communism, quote-unquote, as attacks on the nation, which they either view as perfect or worth defending. Walker's entire point, however, is that there is nothing heroic about what William Walker did or what those Contras and those that funded them did. It was dumb, unlawful, and led to unnecessary death and destruction. And sticking point number three, the chaos is the point. A lot of reviews from the time felt like the movie didn't have a point. And to be fair, insert your letter Kennedy response here, the movie is comparatively fast-paced and fast-paced and chaotic compared to other historical films. It barely clocks in at 90-some minutes and goes straight through a two-and-a-half-hour biopic's worth of activities. But that chaos and rapid-fire violence is the point. For 90 minutes, Alex Cox is sho shoving awfulness from an awful man over and over again, saying this is what you get when you idolize idiots and their ideas. You get carnage, you get chaos, and you shouldn't be surprised when you're somehow not able to control it anymore. Put another way, this movie held up a mirror to America's version of itself and its history and said this is you. And America, and its critics, spat it back out. This has been Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to join our Facebook group, Scott's Self-Indulgent Movie World, for the latest reviews, discussions, and more. See you next time, everybody, and stay safe.